is the Go Blue Crew. All right, Derek, I have a hypothetical situation for you. This has never happened in real life, of course. That's why they call it hypothetical. But let's say it's raining really hard outside, and you're playing a football game, and your running back runs about seven yards to set up a third and three. What's your third and three call? Well, it depends. That's Come on. I mean, am I am I the quarterback? Uh, you're calling the plays. I'm calling the plays. So I'm not. So I'm What's calling third the plays for another team. My third and three is a is a is a QB uh, QB sneak. Oh really? No, a QB I'm just kidding. Sneak. I but no, absolutely not. I'm running the ball though because I, because especially in a monsoon condition, I I would say maybe in this hypothetical it's it's a monsoon maybe like some of the worst rain you've seen in your state in some recent time at least all at once. Oh sure, yeah. I'm it's I'm coming handing down. the ball off or having whoever the player is hand the ball off to whoever the uh, the running back would be in that situation, just because I feel like that's the safe play. Say they get two yards, I'm in a position where I could probably do that QB sneak uh, for that half yard or that one yard left. But no, I'm definitely I'm definitely running the ball, I'd say. And, you know, like I said, purely hypothetical. Um, of course, you would never, ever go shotgun, empty set. You know, you wouldn't do that, right, in the rain? Probably not unless I had just a phenomenal, like, Denard Robinson run mentality type quarterback uh, where I can make a guy miss or the guy can But you wouldn't throw the miss. ball? No, probably not. Not just because, I mean, it could slip out of your hand. Uh, you could miss fire because of the heavy rain. Uh, it could be dropped because of, of the, the wet gloves. There's a lot of situations why I wouldn't throw the ball uh so i'd probably either run it with my quarterback or again i don't know if i'd even be in an empty set at all man okay i see i just i think i knew the answer to that and i just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page uh ironically that kind of leads us right into michigan michigan state right i mean we're talking about football in the rain and you know what you what you would do in certain situations so you were at that game derek what was the mood of the crowd as these very questionable play calls were coming in? Uh, there was a lot of yelling uh, at the times where uh, a different play maybe could have been called. Obviously, the easiest places to coach are from the stands and the couch. Uh, and so there are a lot of opinions, especially when there's 112,000 and a half people there. Uh, you have a lot of people yelling out what they should have done, what they could have done, what they should do. I mean, calling for players' heads, calling for Jim Harbaugh's head. I mean, it gets pretty nasty. But overall, the environment was actually super positive, super fun, very electric, even in a game that they were down 14-3. to Even when it rained and monsooned, people stayed. And really all the way up until that final uh, Hail Mary attempt, the crowd was really into it. But yes, when some of those... Uh, plays, those iffy play calls came around, there were definitely a lot of moans and groans, uh, which is going to happen when when the entire crowd stays throughout the, the whole contest. See, I was watching the game with some family, and I think I've mentioned this before, but it seems like whenever that happens, Michigan just doesn't do great, and we're all super sad at the end of it. Same situation on Saturday, obviously, but I really felt like 
there was a it, it became a new game when Michigan scored that touchdown in the second half. Is that was it uh, relatable at the Big House? Yeah, so that was one of the the biggest uh, the times where the crowd had to because they originally had a play that looked like a touchdown, uh, and then the Big House obviously has a different re- replay system than ABC does. And so what we saw with the limited angles on the screen seemed like a sure touchdown. Obviously, it wasn't. Khalid Hill went in and scored anyway. But that was probably the loudest, like, angered moment at the refs. Uh, But after that touchdown, it was like a sarcastic celebration of, oh, yeah, I scored anyway. That really changed kind of the atmosphere for the most part. But then the turnovers and the stalled drives and just the, the lack of success from that point forward. It was just, ah, this is frustrating, but the defense is going to give them an opportunity to to score again. And then the defense would come out, dominate. Michigan would get the ball back. It happened again. And so it got really repetitive. But what I was surprised about is I've been at games uh, during different eras where they've been down the whole time or they've gone on to lose and the crowd just kind of gives up. This crowd never seemed to give up. They seemed to keep the hope uh, all the way again until that final play. Uh, And so I was surprised by that. Uh, Then again, I'm not because it was a game where Michigan had multiple opportunities to to win and go ahead with a touchdown. And I think that everybody there was just as shocked as me as you didn't figure it out. You couldn't score one more time on all of those opportunities. Um, so there, there was a lot of hope, uh, and obviously it, it turned into uh, nothing in terms of uh, Michigan scoring another touchdown. See, the, the thing that got me was the incompetence. It was like where certain things seem so obvious. For instance, you can't keep throwing the ball in the rain, especially when it really didn't work in good weather it just it didn't make any sense i had no idea what was going on and i've seen some people say well this was brady hook's record through x number of games and this is jim harbaugh's record through x number of games and right now they're the exact same i can't recall it off the top of my head but they're the same and i got to thinking well this is kind of reminiscent of brady hoax teams that had really good defenses but terrible offenses and I'm not saying that Jim Harbaugh and Brady Hoke are on the same plane as, as coaches, because I think it's very clear that they're not. But this this hits at a really sore spot for Michigan fans because like it's not that long ago that we were going through the same motions where you're wasting a championship defense because your offense can't do anything. And at this point, you know, we're even seeing uh, you know, very questionable play calling coming in. And that was the same gripe we had with Brady Hoke's staff. So the parallels, I think, are really driving the angst and, and the uh, the discontent with what we're currently seeing. That's just you know what I've what I've kind of come to th- come to realize. Yeah, there's some similarities for sure. I think one of the things that I keep getting caught up on is out of the last four losses since the start of the. The 2016 season, I think it's been a total of nine points where I can definitely remember when the offense was stagnant under Al Borges and, and the Brady Hoke era, era. There were, I mean, there were games that weren't even close. There were games that you thought that that Michigan was going to lose before going in. There's, I think the narrative's a little different. Michigan seems like a much better team 
overall. Yes, the offense has a ton of problems. They do have that championship defense that will keep them in just about any game. I think that they still have a chance to win just about any game on the schedule. Uh, But I do kind of wonder why... I understand the frustration uh, because, I mean, I'm, I'm just as angry about the loss and I was just as disappointed uh, spending big money to go into that game and, and there's a lot of rain and there's a lot, of, a lot of negativity. But at the same time, I feel like it's just a matter of its plays. I mean, it's, it's plays, it's mistakes, it's turnovers. There are such, there's so many fewer things to eliminate, I think, with this staff and and the current state of the program than in that Brady Hoke era that it kind of eases my mind a a little bit when I see a stat like that because even though it's scary similar now I highly doubt that Jim Harbaugh regresses as much as Brady Hoke did uh, because what Jim Harbaugh did is he took Brady Hoke's recruits and made them better two years ago in a season that I think most fans were happy with. Last season, every fan was happy with until the loss to Iowa, uh, literally an inch off of, of a, a potential victory at Ohio State, and then a sec- or a first half away from dominating a Florida State team. And so I look at the difference between the eras, and there's so many like very, very obvious positive differences that I don't get too caught up with that, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're scrolling through the timeline, you're trying to connect the dots, and they are very similar situations that obviously can't be ignored, but not something that I'm caught up on, uh, at least as of now, this early into this season. So you mentioned that you think Michigan will at least have a chance in every game coming up. Um, I I'm trying to figure out if I agree or disagree. What I will say for sure is that my expectations have, have kind of dropped off a little bit because these are the very same problems that have plagued Michigan now for a while. So it's not like this was a one-off thing where you're thinking, oh, wow, this is strange. Like, we, we usually don't see this from, from Michigan. We do. So I don't have much reason to think that, that things are, are going to get better overnight. But it's that defense. we got to keep coming back to that defense that's going to keep them in pretty much every game. doesn't matter if it's Penn State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, which has all of a sudden become like an offensive juggernaut. So, you know, on one hand, I can see where there is reason to remain optimistic about this 2017 season. But on the other hand, you know, if Michigan State scores 14 points and you can't beat that, what direction is your team heading? I I don't know. So I I don't want to sound like the crazy pessimistic fan who says I'm going to boycott Michigan for the rest of the season because that's not it at all. All I'm saying is... We've seen these problems before. They haven't really gotten better. It apparently doesn't matter what players are out there. It's just it's something that's going to persist, apparently. And my expectations, therefore, have dropped off a little bit because I don't want to go into every big game thinking that Michigan's going to finally be able to pull it off just for them to, to drop the ball again. Oh, gosh. I just really, yeah, drop the ball, of course. Eddie McDoom dropped the ball. But you know what I mean. I, I don't want to raise my expectations for every big game because I basically know what to expect now. And that's that Michigan's going to be flat and probably not play as well as they should. So you say your expectations have changed. What were your expectations going into the season? My expectations were 9-3 and three. The, you know, as far as win-loss goes. 
Um, I had, well, you know, if you, if you remember, we we're talking about, about the offense way back when it was like, there's all this talent there and how's it going to develop? Cause we were, we were pretty certain that the defense was going to look pretty good, even though it had the same situation, maybe even, um, a little worse than that with a, a whole new batch of players coming in, but it really came down to the offense. It was like, how good are they going to be? What, what kind of steps forward are they going to take? And from that, I decided, you know, this probably isn't a championship team, but maybe it's a team that can compete in the East, um, perhaps knock off Ohio State this year, notch another potential top 10 win over like Wisconsin or Penn State. But I wasn't thinking, you know, this is the this is a team that's going to make it to the playoffs. What I'm thinking now is that 9-3 is still on the table. I mean, you're looking at, still three top 10 teams left. So eight and four is definitely still on the table too. And with what I saw from the offense, I, you know, if Michigan finished seven and five, it's not like I would sit there and think, how in the world did this happen? I'm not expecting seven and five, but I, it's just, you know, my, my, my perception of this team and what it's capable of from week to week is just kind of gone downhill. And I'm, I'm waiting for it to turn around. I think the next opportunity, unless they you know really do something to Indiana, will be that road game at Penn State. Depending on what happens there, y'all have to reevaluate my feelings and and see how I feel about this Michigan team. But right now, it's just yeah, kind of kind of going on a downward slope. So you expect them to lose to Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State rather than before the season. You expected them to have great opportunities to win those games. It sounds like. Yeah, you know, if you, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm on the spot a little bit here. Um, I would expect Michigan to to lose two of those games, to lose two of those three. I, I can't really say which ones. I mean, if I had my pick, I would, I would definitely say, lose those games to Penn State and Wisconsin, beat Ohio State. I don't care if you lose to Penn State, forty-eight three, and then lose to Wisconsin, fifty-three nothing. I really don't care as long as you beat Ohio State. But just looking at those three games. It's hard to see them winning more than one, unless, of course, you know, things change dramatically. And in my opinion, I think there's time to do that. You know, it depends on, like, uh, how how they respond to this criticism, this overall criticism. I don't mean just mine in particular, but, you know, how, how do they bounce back from this loss? That'll have a lot to do with it, too. I'm just talking, you know, with the way things are, that's what I see coming. So here's a question out of curiosity. We started with a hypothetical situation. If Michigan finds a way to to score on one of those possessions and they win the game 17 to 14, what's the narrative on this podcast? Is it still just as negative because of the frustrations of the lack of offense? Or was that one extra touchdown just being successful on one more possession in the second half enough to change the entire narrative? That's interesting because I, I feel like we would probably be talking about Michigan the same way we've been talking about them throughout the season, and that is this is a team that's got a really good defense, and it's going to give them a chance to win every game, and it's just a matter of the offense doing just enough. So if the offense had done just enough, I really don't think our tone changes a whole lot from what it's been in the past. In fact, it probably gets more positive because it's a win against a rival. But um, yeah, I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm talking a lot, but that's that's probably my biggest beef with uh, the way things played out on Saturday is the fact that this was kind of our biggest fear. 
We've been thinking this whole time that Michigan's defense will be enough that even if the offense underperforms, they're still going to be right there. And then you watch them on Saturday, and you can't ask a defense to play any better than that. You really can't. If you know, For people, I'm sure there are people out there who are saying that the defense gave up a couple first downs at the end of the game, didn't give the offense enough time to operate. I'm going to call BS on that because the defense did really great, especially in that second half. And we're just to the point where it's like, you know, whatever they do, it may not be enough. And we learned that against Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, the, you could definitely tell that the defense made some major second-half adjustments, uh, obviously allowed no points, and the offense looked like they might be able to figure it out there early and, and then obviously fell apart. But I just I think it's interesting to consider uh, maybe the hurt that the fan base or players or even maybe the coaching staff feels after a loss to a rival. I think people get so focused on the, oh, Brady Hoke was, was better at this point or the same at this point or or they should have never lost to Michigan State, who only won three games last year. I think it's interesting because I don't think anybody expected Michigan State to be as bad as they were last year. And after seeing them play in the first few games of the season, minus kind of letting Notre Dame rush all over them, it's not like they've looked like a bad team. I, I remember thinking going into the game that Brian Lewerke looks like a guy who could have a very good game. The defense limited him to... to doing very little, especially in the second half. But I guess for me, I wonder if some of this negative narrative that you're seeing uh, in abundance, I mean, a lot of people consistently throughout the timeline, putting out articles, pumping out stories. I wonder if it hurts just more because it's a rival or if it was bound to to be this way no matter who they lost to uh, this weekend. And so I'll be interested moving forward to how the narrative shifts as the week goes on, especially after Jim Harbaugh's presser. And then obviously a game this Saturday will tell a lot about how the team responds. Hopefully a spark uh, will be there that we haven't seen uh, much of this season except for maybe a few rare moments, uh, including when John O'Corn started taking over against Purdue. But I guess I'll be curious to see how much different the narrative is next week at this point uh, rather than, than how it is now. Because I feel like right now everyone's just kind of sitting in this this negative pool of nothing's changed, nothing's happening, it's year three, what are we thinking? And I'm reminded of, hey, I thought I thought nine and three, eight and four seemed like a reasonable season with a bunch of young guys. I don't care how good the defense was going to end up being. And so I really don't think that it's that surprising that, one, they lost this game. And two, that people are responding in the way they're responding because, I mean, the team's four and one. They beat a Florida team. Uh, they beat a Cincinnati. They beat Air Force. Uh, they beat Purdue. Yes, they lost to Michigan State. It hurts. They've lost eight out of the last ten now. But there's still a lot of season moving forward. And I'm reminded of a team like a Penn State who got throttled by Michigan last year, who is in an incredible position so far this year. And Michigan gets a chance to play on the road and will be one of the tougher road games they've played in quite some time that wasn't in Ohio State or Michigan State. And so obviously not looking forward to that game uh, above the Indiana game, but they have a couple of weeks back-to-back here where they have a lot that they could show potentially, and I'm excited to see how the the coaching staff responds to uh, what I would say major adversity after uh, a heartbreaking loss uh, and a pitiful loss uh, this weekend. Yeah, you know, it, it will be really interesting to see, uh, like you said, how the narrative changes, how the mood of the fan base changes. Um, I, I really just want to wrap it up by saying I'm, I'm sympathetic to the side that sees this 
as a very negative trend as you know a lot of bad stuff happening i am sympathetic to that because like i said earlier in the show it is reminiscent of things we saw under brady hoke and even if there is no correlation whatsoever there are parallels to the way things are happening so it's easy to see how fans are becoming very frustrated if i had to make a prediction though i would say this team bounces back maybe not in like a huge way in a way that puts them into the playoff or anything like that, but in a way that, that gives you confidence to say, you know what, they, they weathered the storm, they got through that, and now you know it's uphill. We're looking at, at sunnier days ahead. So with that, thank you for listening to the Go Blue Crew on Wolverine Sounds. You can check us out uh, at wolverinesounds.com, and you can also find us at Wolverine Sounds on Twitter and Facebook. It's going to be a good week, hopefully, for Michigan football. I'm going to be at that Indiana game, so it better be a good week. So thanks for listening, and go Blue.